safe. Oh no, he's safe. I don't have it on. Challenge and poach. Challenge it. Dude, they don't they don't overrule anything. It's ridiculous. Unless it's a unless oh, it's a play on. Unless oh, it's a home plate interference or it's like catcher's interference. I want to see this again. Hold on. Or an impeding home plate or whatever they call it. I don't know. Oh, okay. He was out. He was out. That's the all only right. call I've seen all year. So let's pause zero, Austin zero. Beep and let's start it over. Yeah. All right. Starting over. Beep. Welcome, everyone, to this week's a very, very special episode of Making the Call. Last week, we, com- we concluded the division preview podcast for the NFL season, and now it's time to turn our attention to the college football season. And who better to join me than my old pal, Austin and Alex? And we're going to go through previewing all five conferences, talking about the college football playoff, talking about the Heisman conference realignment, you know, RIP to the Pac-12 and all that stuff. So it's just, it's it's an all college football heavy podcast for this week. Austin, I'll start with you just before, because I know we're, we've got, you know, our big stories of the week. We're going to hit on that first, but how excited are you, Austin Young, that college football is back? I'm incredibly pumped. You know, I just don't think there's a sport with higher highs and lower lows in all of existence than college football, you know, people pour their, their heart and soul into this season. I, I know that, you know, a lot of people love college football even more than pro football, just because of the raw emotion. Um, you know, most of these guys aren't going to go pro. So like they leave it all out there every single day. Um, it's just, you know, the, the Cinderella stories never fail. You know, you always got that one upset of the year that just rocks everything. Um, you know, the fan bases pulling crazy signs on college football game day, some legendary tweets throughout the year. There's just so much raw emotion and so much just grit and determination throughout the year. It's the greatest sport in the world. And I'm so excited it's back. Greatest sport in the world. Alex, how excited are you that college football is back? It's a tough follow, but <laughs> I'm excited as ever, you know, I mean, Get to see all the traditions, the crowds, full slate after a crappy week zero. Let's be honest, that was a snooze fest. But I'm just ready to get rolling, ready to put some bets on the board. You know, hot take. I think I think week zero is kind of overrated. Oh, absolutely. Like oh, yeah. week one it's, is week one is when I actually when I start caring about there, it. I like it's turn meant on- to be like an appetizer. Like here's two teams that play football. <laughs> I mean, the only take from week zero is that USC's defense is in trouble, but we'll talk about that later. Shocker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who could have seen that coming? All right. Well, before we get into more college football, one big story of the week, something you're following. It could be sports related. It could be just anything. And Alex, we'll start with you as you're wearing it, because I think I know what yours is about as you're wearing a Mariners hat and T-shirt. Yeah. I was prepared to go with the uh, Bishop Sycamore documentary, which everyone should go watch. Roy Johnson's an absolute maniac, but now I got to stick with the Mariners, man. They are still rolling. We're getting a lot of flack because our schedule is light right now, but hey, you just play who you play. Everyone plays pretty much the same teams. Julio continues to just beast it out. He's hit three home runs in a row now, and... uh Hold on. I got a crazy stat for you. So um, 35 days ago, Julio was 21st in the American League in hits. And as of yesterday, he is first. 
He's batting 286. Honestly, if Shohei Otani didn't exist, I think him and Corey Seager would be neck and neck for the MVP. So, yeah, the Mariners keep rolling. Schedule's going to get a little tougher next week, starting with the Reds, I think. Yeah, the Reds, and then we go to Tampa Bay. And then we get to the end of the uh, month, and we got the Rangers, Astros, and Rangers to finish it out. So the division battle is going to be fun. Alex, you think think 286 gets you the MVP if Shohei Otani doesn't exist? I mean... I raise you over half a point percentage. Who's what do you mean? Corey Zeger is. Oh, what's, I did, what's he batting? He's at batting two eighty seven. No, 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 no. He no. Austin misspoke. Raise you about a hundred points. He's you hundred points. He's hitting about three forty seven right now. Yeah, but like a hundred less at bats. You know, he's about to have the qualified number of at bats. Okay, he hold was, on. This he is, was been like two fifty a month ago. So. I, I think if I know, but see, that's why it belongs to Corey Seager because he, he's never come down. I I saw, I, I heard a stat today. I was listening to, there's like an official Texas Rangers podcast and it's Jared Sandler and um, Nathaniel Lowe's on it this year. Nice. And it's, it's a good listen, but fun. Jared Sandler had a stat that Corey Seager has not gone consecutive games without a hit this season. He's the only he's the only player in baseball who's done that. Like Luis Arise, who for the Marlins, who you know is he yeah, uh, earlier in the early on in the year he was um, flirting with batting four hundred for the year. He's yeah. had, I think, five different stretches throughout this season where he's gone consecutive games without a hit, and one of them it was three straight games. And I think Corey Seager is like four points behind him in batting average. So, but. This is your sports story, Alex, and it is that the Mariners are sitting alone atop the AL West. At the time of this recording, you know, they could lose to Oakland and the Rangers could beat the yeah. Mets. We don't know yeah, the outcome yet, but one game lead. So anything could happen. Yeah. Uh, all right, Austin, what's your story? Guys, so mine's political, but it's not really political. And I'm really just fishing for your thoughts on this. So. The Donald Trump mugshot came out last Thursday, I believe. Um, yeah, yes. I don't, I don't. Yeah, it was Thursday. And so the memes have been tremendous. Absolutely. And so when I think yes. about like other iconic mugshots, like the Tiger Woods mugshot or like the Frank Sinatra mugshot, does the Donald Trump mugshot, where does it, is it, going to be end up being because of all the memes and internet culture the greatest mugshot of all time it's definitely yeah, top five it, it's it's top two and it isn't it, it it isn't two it isn't two in terms in terms of like cultural significance like he he was a he's a former president we've never had a former president have a mugshot before and it looks like his, it looks exactly how you think it would yeah, it does. The scowl. And my favorite thing Blue is suit, red tie. My favorite thing is posture. like all you know, you know these people on Facebook. You know. All <laughs> all of those people on Facebook have now changed their profile picture to What do you mean by those people? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Those, I'm just kidding. Don't elaborate. Don't yes. elaborate. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna Yeah, yes. I won't I won't elaborate. No, 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 you can yeah, you can end the, it there. the internet the <laughs> I've just 
all the the memes are undefeated. I saw I I know somebody sent this in the chat. Like whenever the Rangers were on their eighth game losing streak, Donald Trump with the Rangers hat on <laughs> in yeah. the chat. Yes. And so it's just like what an iconic moment for American pop culture. It was I it was a long anticipated, mm-hmm. long awaited, and did not disappoint. That that mugshot is going to be on the walls of more dorm rooms than Jordan in the nineties. Like it's just, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's, it's instantly the most recognizable, significant mugshot just for all the ramifications. What poster? So like, I gotta know, I'll tell y'all what, what was like one y'all's one poster on your wall, like in college. Mine was an Obama colored, like the red and blue but it was a Harambe poster <laughs> and it said, never forget. And I had it posted like on my door. You know, I, Trent and I didn't, we weren't big on posters. We had a lot of flags. Same. In our, in our oh, room. like you and Dempsey and Colt did too. Like that. I brought a, I got a, I brought a flag back from Ireland that it was, it was a, it was a double size and, one like the left side was the American flag and the right side was the Ireland flag. And it was all in one big thing. And I had that up across my wall. And so that was, but yeah, we didn't really have posters. Oh man. That's- yeah. Same. I didn't go to college, but I was in the Marines for a couple of years and in the barracks, it was flags and sports jerseys pretty much. Mm, sports oh, jerseys. Nice. Sports jerseys, Nice. Yeah. Well, this is a sports pod, so it's fitting. Yes. Um. Okay. So that's your, that's your one story. Andrew, hit us with it, man. Okay. I'm I'm sticking with Alex as far as baseball and I kind of have two stories. Well, it's actually kind of three wrapped into one. One is that the Rangers, I just, they've got to turn this around because they've lost what? Nine of 10 or eight of 10. Well, eight yeah. of 10 now. Yeah. Great win yesterday. They've lost nine of great 11. Great win yesterday. Nine of 11. The, the first time that they've won a game while trailing after the eighth inning. Uh, I saw, I saw a pretty, they were, Oh, and I think, Oh, and 47 on the year in that department. And I, I saw a pretty funny tweet from Bob Sturm. Let me see. I can pull it up real quick. It was about the bonkers. It took that long. Yeah. Um, Oh, can I find it? it? It basically was like, nobody beats the, you know, beats the Rangers 48 times in a row after the eighth inning. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good win on monday night uh but man it's just it's been a brutal last couple weeks and this kind of it i said this was kind of multiple stories that you know rolled up into one the rangers reeling as they have and the Mariners surging like they have september is going to be electric like not even specific to the al west but honestly specific to the al west like you have Houston, Seattle, and Texas that are all fighting for that division spot. And with the way the wild card is shaking out, one of those three teams probably is missing the playoffs. Especially the, when it's gonna go. the last the 10 games. The no, Seattle I mean, there's a, there's a chance all three could make it, but there's also a chance that two out of the three uh, only make it. So you might be talking about, you know, the Mariners who have had this really hot uh, stretch, the Rangers who led for, you know, most of the season. And then the Astros are defending world champs. One of them just could be on the outside of October looking in, which 
would be crazy. Well, in seven but, out of the last ten games, the Mariners and the Rangers are just going to whoop up on each other. So, mm-hmm. and we're going to see how that plays out. And as be- Austin mentioned, the other three games for the Mariners in the final ten are against Houston. So, Houston. Yep. it's just the month of September. Like this is, this is. It's basically we're in the playoffs now, but it's not the playoffs yet. Every mm-hmm. game is going to feel like a playoff game, especially with. You've got the Astros coming uh, into town to play the Rangers next week. You've got the you know the two series against the Mariners at the end of the year. Like it's just going to be so much fun. Nate, we yeah. need you, man. And I will be Come in back. Seattle for that final series. Oh, Heck yeah, man! Nice. Boots on the ground. Are you going to be there for Game One Sixty Two? No, I won't be there that late, but I'll be there for like the start of the series. Making the call live. I was gonna. I was gonna say you could be there in person as Max Scherzer throws a complete game. And seals the division against the Mariners. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be history worth seeing, Alex. <laughs> Which brings me into the final piece of the story, and it's another team in the AL West, and that is the Los Angeles Angels. Oh, all right. <laughs> I tr- I truly, truly feel awful for their fans. I like all two dozen of them. I just feel terrible for <laughs> because. You have this guy in Shohei Otani who I would I, I'll say undisputed at this point, best player to ever play the sport. I don't really yeah. think it's a conversation anymore. Yeah. And you got another like top ten guy who's played the sport. Yeah, and Mike Trout. And Fifth every year games. you've had Otani, you've been sellers because you haven't been good. You haven't been able to, you know, he hasn't played in the playoffs. Mike Trout hasn't played in the playoffs, you know, famously. And finally, this year they they start off decent, then they kind of struggle, and they they're, they look like they're not going to be a playoff team at the deadline. And everyone's like, "Oh, they should, you know, they're going to trade Otani." And I checked today, you know, the the Angels have the twenty seventh or twenty eighth ranked farm system. So let's just let's just blow it up. Let's trade Otani at the deadline. Let's trade Trout in the off season. Let's rebuild this team. Start you know start from the ground up because clearly this team isn't going anywhere. Going anywhere. And the GM and the owner says, No, we have Otani for one more year. Let's go out and let's buy. Let's get Lucas Giolito. Let's get a few bullpen guys in here. Let's add to this team and make a push. Then Otani tears his UCL, likely is going to need Tommy John, can still hit for the rest of this year, at least mm. until he decides he, he needs surgery. Um, that kind of ruins the entire you know, the rest of the season, Mike Trout's been on the IL for a, a long time. He comes back, plays one game, goes back out on the IL. That was the same game that Otani hurts his UCL. So in literally a 24 hour stretch, Otani tears his UCL. Mike Trout goes back on the IL and they traded the few prospects that they had to go by. And now the entire season has collapsed. I believe it was after they traded for Giolito, they lost like 10 straight games. Just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And now it came out today on Tuesday that they basically all these players they've put on waivers. They're just releasing yeah. them. Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, former Texas Ranger, another relief pitcher, uh, another bat. Oh, wait, I got the names right here. So Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez, and outfielders Hunter Renfro and Randall Grichuk. Yep. How do you go on as an Angels fan? With all uh, of that, you, you I just follow, follow Otani to a Dodgers. Follow Otani to the Dodgers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Otani's going to be playing up the highway next year for the next you know seven to ten years. Yeah, and Dodgers going to be ridiculous. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Otani. 
I know. <laughs> it's going to happen, though. Can I ask uh, an Otani question that's probably going to be a decent discussion, then we can kick off the college football stuff? Yeah. Do we think he's ever going to be a full-time starter again? Because two Tommy John surgeries in five years, I mean, that that's not great. You have all these had like, to do. DeGrom. I think the next team, what they should do with him is make him your closer or late inning bullpen guy. Like throw him out for one, two I don't innings. Know, man. One I think he's still going to be a starter, but I think they were, I think he was getting overworked. Like if you look at his innings pitch through all the, you know, up to the point where he got hurt, he was like leading the league or near the top of the leaderboards. Like he yeah. was going deep in these games. He was never taking a day off. They were never skipping his spot in the rotation to give him, you know, 10 days off or whatever. Like true. Every, I feel like every staff needs to do that. It's all about managing those arms, right? Because it's a long season. So I, I think he'll be a starter because there's obviously way more money involved. If you're a starting pitcher versus versus if you're a closer, but it's worth a discussion because yeah, second Tommy John at in a five year span. Yeah, it, just it could sucks. also just be the Angels' just awful organization running. So, who knows? Yeah, it just sucks, man. Because, like, obviously, Angels are rivals for the Rangers and the Mariners, but like Otani is so fun to watch. Yeah, and is. like he he was do he was having an, a historic season, and what he was doing on the mound and at the plate, he's still raking. Oh, he still is, but mm-hmm. it's just like. I hope we get that version of Otani again, because if not, we're going to be telling our kids and our grandkids about the 2023 Shohei Otani season and how special it was. You know, it's going to be like that, that meme of the documentary where the guy's like, Oh, that that was special. Oh, that was special. You know? (laughs) So telling our kids, you got something to tell us, Andrew (laughs) speaking in the future. Okay. I got my play the college here. football music. I got my hopes up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right, college football. Let's start with the Big Twelve. Austin, you've got some questions about all these conferences, so I'll turn it over to you. What's your one? What's your first big question about the Big Twelve? So this has been a meme on making the call for a while. It has historically been our favorite segment. Um, in years past, I can say years past now because we've talked about college football twice. So, guys, and this is a serious ask this time: Is Texas back? And I think the answer is a little less amusing and enjoyable than it has been in years past. Ah, uh, it's. It's a tough answer because this is on paper probably the best team they've brought in in the last five years, but you just got to see it on the field. Like they've always had good recruits, good players, and they've just never been able to withstand the pressure. Like they go on the road and they're playing down to their competition and then they just end up losing. So I'm going to tentatively say yes, but I still got to see it. I mean, Here, I'll flip it to Andrew, and then I'll chime in. What is back? Big 12 championship. Yeah, at least make it to the... Getting to the championship game or winning the championship? Winning the Big 12 championship, I think, is officially back. Yeah, probably like 10, 11 wins would be the floor for being back for Texas. I'd say this is their... I mean, to Alex's point, this is the best 
I mean, this is the best team that Sark has had since he's been there. Period. Top to bottom. Ewers, Worthy, Ford on the other side of the ball. You know. If they're not back this year, then... Sark's fine. They're going to the SEC next year. This This is their one chance, I think, for a little while to win a conference. I think if Sark wins less than 10 games, he's gone. Who who are they replacing with though? Well, I don't th- I don't think he's gonna have that short of a leash. Oh fine. I mean, so what? This is year three, year two, right? I thought last year was his first. Was year. last year year two, or year one? Mm, I think I think. I think this is year three. Uh, maybe I'm just forgetting. I a should year. know this. Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. He's been uh 2021 to present. So yeah, this will be year okay. three. Okay. Yeah, just completely forgot about that one season. I mean, and uh, Xavier Worthy is probably taking a step up. Um, he was excellent last year. You know, Ewers. Hopefully, as a, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, everybody's got to cut down on his interceptions. He does, but you've the talent is there. Um, and it's really just like, in terms of raw athleticism, I think it's Texas, and then I think it's not close. That's what Vegas thinks. I mean, you look at Big 12 championship game winner. Texas is at minus 105. The next best odds is Kansas State at plus 750. Really? I didn't know it was. Holy shoot. So that's what, an 800-point swing? Yeah. Or no, really 750 because minus 105 is even. So it's Vegas doesn't think it's close at all. I, I think that's disrespectful to a team like Kansas State. Yeah. Personally. I also wouldn't have Kansas, Kansas State second. Kansas State, their quarterback Um, is Will Howard. Yeah, Will Howard. They got gutted on the defense too. I don't think Kansas. But they still have Kansas State. Trayshawn Ward, probably the best offensive line in the conference. So they've got a good quarterback, and they're going to be able to protect them. That gets you a lot in the Big Twelve. Yeah, but it's their defense. The question this year. But isn't that the question for about every Big Twelve team? Yeah, I mean, if you got you've got time to throw somebody, yeah. <laughs> somebody in the Big Twelve is going to be open. That's yeah. <laughs> they did lose. I mean, that was Vaughn too. That's that's not nothing. They did. I, I I was reading up on them. They replaced Goose Vaughn with uh, Trayshawn Wards. That's right. Yeah, was a, I remember it was someone good. Is he but... transfer? It sounds familiar. Trayshawn Ward. He... I think so. Bio. But yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. If Texas isn't back, I mean, they've got yours. They've got Xavier worthy on the outside. I think, in from I think we'll have a clearer answer after week two when they play Alabama. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the litmus test, right? Pretty much. I mean, do, so do you think that is the litmus test winning against Alabama or is it? No, no, it's down? winning. Cause last year they were in the game with their backup quarterback for most of the game. And the Hudson card transferred out, right? Where is he now? Yeah, he's at Purdue. Oh, yeah. That was a fun time last year, Purdue. They're not going to. The magic's not back. We'll get to that. Um, Okay. So So we're all pretty high on Texas. Yeah. As high as you can be, yeah. I hate it. With non-Texas fans. I hate it. I really hate it. But, yeah. Um, They're back. She called Trent and asked him if Texas is back. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
What's your next question? So my next question is actually, it's actually brought to you by Alex. And so yeah. it's only fair that if we're in the Big 12 and we're talking about contenders, sorry, Andrew, we're not going to talk about Baylor with regards to Big 12 contenders. Baylor is more of a contender than OU, but go on. Oh, so here's Alex's question. Ask Alex, can Brent Vittables and OU rebound in their final year in the Big 12? I honestly hope so, because this schedule is somewhat of a cakewalk. We don't have to go to Kansas State on the road. We don't have to play Baylor on the road. Don't have to play which, honestly, I did want to play at least Kansas State or Baylor because we've lost to both of those teams and we're leaving now. So, that's but you go to stay. you go to BYU in late November. That is not nothing. Eesh. Speaking from a Baylor Eesh. fan, that's not yeah. Nothing. I mean, we'll get there when we get there. But um, <laughs> I I think they can bounce back. The uh, foundations there. The offensive line last year was a little shaky, but this year it's more like set up. I think all the guys are the starters of the starters. There's no like oars listed for those guys. Like they're ready to go. And then today on a in a press conference, Brett Venables said he's gonna be more hands-on on the defense. Last year he was Good. not calling the defense. But this year he's he's taken over full control from uh, Ted Roof. And it's Dylan Gabriel's last season as a QB for us. Last year in the fourth quarter, he really struggled. I think he only had all season four passing touchdowns in the fourth quarter, which really killed us because we had like five or six one-loss victories, and it's because we just died in the fourth quarter, couldn't do anything. So overall, I think the key is the offensive line, Dylan Gabriel playing a full good game. Like He played great in the first half, and he would just disappear when the defense would like adjust and stuff. And really the defense just needs to be mediocre. Cause last year they were 70th couldn't stop the run. Couldn't tackle in open space. Like that's been the problem at OU for probably 10 years now. I'm just asking for, I don't know, 40th, 30th ranked defense. Like there's a lot of young guys on there still playing with like a lot of sophomores and juniors, not that many seniors, a couple up front, but, Overall, I think this group is a lot better than they were last year. Brent Venables has renovated the whole team, the culture, stuff like that. So I think they can bounce back. Their win total is nine and a half. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I, I think they're going to be hovering right around nine and three, ten and two. I don't know if any, everything goes their way. Maybe eleven and one. Well, lose the Texas. We do have a bet. Somebody. So two beer bets. Yeah, I took the under. So under nine and a half. Under nine and a half. Well, I'd say your one chance for that is BYU in late November. Or late November. And BYU in late November. They play Texas, of course. And then it's at Oklahoma State. Yeah, but Oklahoma, we're going to beat Oklahoma. We beat Oklahoma State last year. We're going to beat them this year. And at Kansas. Kansas, you know, ask Texas Kansas. how hard it is to win in Kansas. Yeah, they just got to keep their quarterback healthy. But if he's healthy, it's not going to be a cakewalk. Yeah, so it's no. I mean, it, for y'all, it's BYU, TCU, and Texas are the games you got to worry about. Do we play? We play Tech, right? That might be something. No, y'all don't I'm play really, Tech. But I think Tech is a sleeper in this conference. I'm really yeah, sad Joey that Baylor and, OU, no Baylor and OU aren't playing. That bums me out. Yeah, I mean, you guys get that win over OU forever now, unless we meet up in the bowl game or the big 12 championship. Oh, that's true. Year. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get that box score printed out and just put it right up <laughs> on the wall behind me. Can't wait to see I love it. it. Ever. And just underneath it, everyone only remembers the last game. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Yes. 
Has to uh, all right. Two more, two more things I want to hit on the Big 12. Okay. I think those were our two big questions. I, I do want to talk about Kansas State because they have the second best odds to win the conference. I think deservingly so. They were a good team last year. They won the Big 12 title game last year against CCU in an electric conference title game. I was driving day. home and I had it up on my dash. Sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> and that, that game was insane. It was so much fun. And they brought back most of the team outside of like Deuce Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And we already talked about the quarterback, Will Howard. They've got a good offensive line. Like having a good offensive line is Cute. just like, I don't know. It's like having a trust fund in real life. Like it just puts you, it just puts you at a, at an advantage over everyone else. You know, it's like, or let's, let's we're give missing, another, example. we're missing somebody for trust. A solid foundation for your house. That's exactly what an offensive line is. Yes, exactly. So I, I think Kansas state deserves to, to be in this. And then let's talk about Baylor just a little bit. Um, I do think Baylor's getting slept on. And the biggest reason why is because 2023 is an odd number. Uh, <laughs> Wait, if, you, if, you, if you look at Dave Aranda, his first year as head coach was 2020, even number. Yeah. Team went two and seven. Next year, 2021, team goes 12 and two and wins the Big 12. Last year, 2022, odd number. Team goes six and seven, loses like four or five straight down the, down the stretch. We're back in an odd number year, baby. Twenty twenty three, based on an odd number, one odd number previously. Exactly, that's your streak is one. Well, and the fact that the even numbers haven't been good, so they're due. It's they just flip flop. So I mean, it's on your offense, a Shapin Reese, probably Dominic Richardson, running back, transfer from Oklahoma State. They got a deep threat wide receiver, Keytron Jackson from Arkansas. They got tight end Jake Roberts from UNT. So they've 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 given Shapen weapons. So Shapen is running out of excuses. Uh, I'm a well documented, not a Shapen believer. Uh, He's been he, Except I I haven't believed in him. You you thought Kalamond was second coming. No, <laughs> I thought I he was going to be good. Year home. three, year four is when I was like, this is toilet. Um, I I'm just I'm not a I'm not a believer in. Shaping, I like. Uh, I, I I'm interested in in you know the backup quarterback right now mainly because his last name is Robertson Sawyer Robertson six four two twenty sophomore so redshirt sophomore, um, and if Shapen can't get it done, I think they pulled a switch pretty 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 soon because like I said, they've given him more weapons. Um, they've got Reese and Richardson as a running running backs. They've got more weapons on the outside. Uh, I think they're going to be decent. I think it's, uh, you know, they weren't ranked in the AP preseason poll, which I think, you know, probably has to do with the fact that they lost, you know, five or six straight games down the stretch, but they've got, they're going to have a really, they're going to have a good litmus test because week two, they host Utah. Oh, Saturday, September 9th, hosting Utah, 11 a.m. on ESPN. 11 a.m. That's lame. And then two weeks later, they play Texas. So we'll know by that week four game against Texas, whether or not Baylor is sneaky, right. Or if it's just, you know, the, the odd even year thing is a hoax. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by what, what Aranda could do. Cause I do think he is a good coach. Um, I agree. He's a good coach. You want to move on to the big 10? Yeah. 
So what's your big question? Gosh. So I think the big 10 is going to be electric this year. Um, I think there's so many good stories coming out of the big 10. Um, if you look at Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan coming in on a uh, two year win streak against Ohio state. Um, Ryan day might be on the hot seat, you know, if this year doesn't go well, um, you look at teams like, you know, Penn state, you look at, you know, maybe some sleepers like Illinois, things like that. But, and this is, I really want to dig into this because, you know, Harbaugh is suspended for what, three games, four games, six games. I don't know. Yeah. Self-imposed. Self-imposed. So it's three games, it's three yeah. games. Okay. Yeah. So I look at the schedule. It's not, that's not the big of a difference for me. It doesn't no. move the needle at all, but so is this finally Michigan's year? You know, they've been trending up the past two, making their first and second college football playoff appearances. But when I look at this team, so first of all, most of the team is back, which if you come back with college football playoff experience, um, that's huge. You know, you know what it feels like to play in big games. Uh, a lot of people are predicting a J.J. McCarthy coming out party. You saw him start to feel more comfortable throwing the football later in the season. You've got Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum as your duo running or running the ball. You've got, I mean, I think almost all of their defense returned, and that defense was stellar last year, except for the TCU game. Um, except for, you know, the playoffs. The playoffs, yeah. yeah. You except know, for the playoffs. Just overlook that. No big deal. So, so, except for the playoffs. They were good, but, you know. Maybe they were young or whatever. So is this, you know, because Michigan has been famous for either, you know, in, in past seasons, that one loss, like that Appalachian State type loss, you know, that just completely wrecks everything. Oh. They haven't had it the past couple of years. And so, but they've choked in the playoff. So like, this is the best team Harbaugh has had. Yeah. So, and can they get it done? I honestly don't think this should even be a question. I think there should be an expectation that this is Michigan's year. They brought everyone back. They went twelve and zero in the regular season. Did they go thirteen and zero? They won. The, yeah, they went thirteen and zero before they lost to TCU. So, they, and they brought everyone back. It's sort of a revenge season type factor. JJ McCarthy just has to step up a little bit, but it's a Michigan quarterback. They're not going to ask him to be like a Caleb Williams type quarterback where he's going to throw 40 to 50 times a game. Like the defense is solid. Blake Corum is probably the best running back in the league. They always have a good uh, offensive line, good defensive line. Like all the pieces are there. Like the only game they're really going to have to worry about is probably Penn state and Ohio state. Like always they got Ohio state at home too to end the season, which is always, yeah, that helps. But yeah, I think everything is set up for them. The only thing that's going to stop them is Michigan. That that last point you you just said, Alex, is <laughs> is the biggest thing. The only thing that's going to stop them is Michigan. Which yeah, but like they didn't stop themselves until the playoff last year. Like I think these guys are a little bit different than like the guys who lost to Appalachian State or the guys who like lost to Penn State a couple years ago or something like that. Like I think they're built just a tad bit different. The okay, my my only thing about that is. With the current college football setup, and I know it's it's going to change a little bit once we get to the twelve team format. But right now, with the with the four team format, you have to be pretty much perfect to make the playoffs, unless you're a proven team 
like a Georgia or an Alabama, then you could suffer kind of a, a stupid loss and you can still get in. You don't think and two straight Michigan's playoffs a proven is a proven team. team? They can still get in at 11 and 1, 12 and 1. I think. I think eleven and one with a or like twelve and one with a Big Ten championship gets you in. Yeah, Ohio well, State and Michigan can definitely still get in with one loss. But okay, here's my biggest thing is that you look at the Big Ten and go look at the other side of the of the conference where you've got Nebraska and Wisconsin, where you've got Matt Rule and Luke Fickle that are now coaching those programs. Like it's no longer a cakewalk for whoever wins the East mm. in that big in that Big Ten title game. And so you look at year though, for both of those guys, like they still got some culture readjustments to do, especially Matt rule. Yeah. But who are, but who are we getting, who are we getting in that, on that side of the, on that side of the conference and the championship in the years past, it was pretty much Iowa. So like, yeah, keep going. Sorry. So I'll, I'll bet on a Luke fickle or Matt rule led team in Nebraska and Wisconsin to be a more formidable opponent in that championship. And so if I look at Michigan, like they gotta they gotta beat Ohio State and they gotta beat Penn State. I think Illinois is sneaky out of the West, by the way, too. Okay. This year. So they gotta get through both Penn State and Ohio State, with which we expect both of those teams to be good. And we know how hard it is for Mich and like if Michigan were to beat Ohio State again. Ryan Day's like gone. that's like there's we're gonna be writing that in history books because that doesn't happen. So let's say Michigan does that, or let's say they I don't know, man. I just think like it's it's way more likely Michigan at, at the end of conference championship game, Michigan's got two losses if they get to the title game versus them, you know, having zero or one. And that's assuming that Michigan doesn't have a screw up against a you know a lesser opponent like they've had in yeah, years like past. Michigan State or Purdue, you know. Yeah. Which most of the teams who don't have those screw ups against like a team that they should walk right over is like Alabama and Georgia. And that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? Like every other team, every now and then they run into that. And Michigan's been more susceptible to that than ever. In yeah. The but era. Not, not the past couple of years. So I'm saying they're due. <laughs> so they're due? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just it, it, think that yeah, this is, this is the, this is the best. I think this is the best team to come out of the big 10 period. In the past five years, probably my, my, my smell test, like, or my, I don't know the fact that we're so high on Michigan and Texas shows me that something's up. One, like of, these, one, one of these teams is going to be a disappointment. Yeah. I've always liked Michigan because my dad's from Michigan. So I've always rooted Same. for them, but, but they're like, they're like the Texas of the North. Like I've got this big historic brand. And for the most part, they're over the Texas the last, they years. have no, I mean, Texas has been basically Colorado the last 15 years, but, <laughs> Shut up, Brian. I just, I just think that they get overrated because it's Michigan. So yeah, I don't know. but I'm just looking at the. I mean, I'm just looking at the roster. I'm looking at the schedule. You know, who's 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 quarterback at Ohio State? Like, how is the post? Because C.J. Stroud was an established starter. You know, for more than one year. All you so, need is someone who can throw jump balls to Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. But it's ridiculous. So. The biggest is the biggest threat to Michigan besides Michigan. Is it Ohio State or is it a team like Penn State? Is it? I think Penn State, as good as Michigan's defense is, I think Penn State might have the best defense in 
the conference. Who's the quarterback? Because outside of Ohio State, I don't know too much about the rest of uh, the it's a, I know it's a new one. Um, shoot. Hold on. Quarterback for Penn State? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, I go to the, I go to their roster on ESPN and they've got five quarterbacks. So, take your pick. <laughs> Who's got the best name? Oh, they haven't named one yet. Okay. Ooh. So yeah, they're just going to be riding their defense. This guy, probably is, still has Drew it. Aller, is probably whoever that is. Uh, <laughs> Jackson Smolik. I've heard that he was a highly touted recruit. I think it's probably still Ohio State. You think so? I think so. Austin, give me a quick reason why you think Illinois is sort of a sleeper. What do you like about them? So if I go, let me go to my notes. So like you've got, uh, shoot, you asked me on the spot. Um, <laughs> so like their defensive line is going to be pretty stout this year. You look at guys like Jerzon Newton coming in. Um, I think like there's going to be a lot of parody in the Western division, like Andrew yeah, was talking true. about. Um, I had a note and I can't find it. Hold on. This is terrible. we can circle back. To we it. can circle back to it. Let me get. I don't. But know. it's Big Ten. It's it's Michigan, and it's it's figuring out who can who can play spoiled to them. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to the SEC. Austin, your big question on this is, is this, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking at the notes because I want to, I want your take on this first. Cause I was kind of surprised when I looked at the doc that you so beautifully prepared. And this was your question. Is this the weakest Georgia has been in three years? Yeah. So like you look, you just look at what they lost on the defensive side of the ball alone. And then your extremely established starter and Stetson Bennett. And it, I don't even think it's, because, you know, Georgia has been able to recruit, you know, year after year after year. But, like, these established staples are gone. So, like, it's, yeah, it could be it could be like an A&M situation hasn't last year. Hasn't that happened the last three years? I know. Yeah, they're just reloading with all five stars. Yeah. All like, five. they have a good defense. They all get drafted by the Eagles, and then they have another good defense, and then they all get drafted by the Eagles. Like, that's been the are game plan the last three years. Are you suggesting that the Eagles are making good draft picks? No, I'm just saying they're drafting Georgia players, not saying they're going to be impactful. I'm not hell. saying, like, this is a weak Georgia team, but I'm just saying if you look at – so, like, who's quarterback? Carson Beck. Dude with the most punchable face in college football. Oh, yeah, you sent that guy a while back. Their defense is still going to be stout. It is still going to be stout. So, like, this is one. I kind of wanted to talk more about my bonus question, which was the other one. Okay. I I do think it's dumb, like, looking back at it. Like, I wrote that down on a flippant thing. So, you look at, Give it to us. So, yeah. Is the Bama reign of terror over? So, like. No. I I think it's waning. I think it's waning. I think. This might. So, you. This is probably the weakest team he's had. Right, so here's my reason. Drive. So like he's lost coordinator. This is the fifth time in Nick Saban's tenure that he's fielded a team with new coordinators on both sides of the ball. So none of the other four teams that he's done that with have won the national championship. You have to replace a Heisman winner and Bryce Young. You have to replace Will Anderson Jr. And yet everybody is still so high on Alabama. I think they're talented. But 
It's Alabama. Uh, but how of much course of, people are still going to yeah, be high. Like, how much of it is just blind faith in Nick Saban? Is well, that I mean, he's earned it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like, so, I mean, the real thing. So, yeah, none of the other four. Also, teams, they're, they're, they're fourth in the preseason poll. So it's not like they're just penciling them in as number one. Right. So also, but like, you got to look at the the rise of LSU in the West too. So I don't know if it's like, cause you knew Alabama was coming out of the West every season. And not with Joe Burrow. I mean, no, not with Joe Burrow, but ago. I think you're starting to see a little bit more parody in the Western conference. And so, yeah, I think it is waning a little bit. I think, I don't know. I, I would need Alabama to go three losses. Like lose to no, Texas. I, I would need them to have, th- yeah, three losses. I would say they need multiple years of three to four losses. Okay, I think ten and two at Alabama is a failure, though. Like that's according to agreed. Saban, but I'm is. not. But but ten and two is not going to have me declaring that Saban's reign of terror is over. True, but if he keeps going like ten and two, nine and three, right. he might eventually. Just Saban's think about reign of terror is more challenged now. I think. Than it's ever been. That's fair. It's more challenged, but they're going to be good enough to where they're going to be in in the conversation for the SEC championship game. And if that's the case, then I like my chances with Saban. Hmm. Is that crazy? No, I just, they were so good. And like, so you lost Jameer Gibbs. You lost. Okay. Don't come. Don't come telling me that. The Alabama losing a running back. No, but you lost. You don't. You, they're they, not. They're not returning they, any of their stars. They're the running back. Quarterback, running back, or wide receiver. They're all gone. I think they're biggest lot every year. Yeah, I know, but there's a difference between like replacing a star with like Mac Jones. Go and replacing look at the a star uh, with. NFL right now, and how many young. how many starting wide receiver, running backs, or quarterbacks went from out or from Alabama? I mean the CFL. They're they're all they're all very good. This is what I'm saying. But like obviously there's a difference between Bryce Young and like Mac Jones when it comes to the next level, I think. I think they are gonna have to adjust like and back it's a to a new uh, system the, again. Yeah, they're gonna have to go back to run heavy offense and lean on their defense because they lost their best quarterback probably of all time in Bryce Young. Yeah. So that's gonna be a big adjustment, but you know, it's Alabama still, like Andrew said. I mean I think yeah. they could probably adjust. Yeah, I mean you way. look at I mean, Alabama sucked for three and a half quarters against Texas last year, and then Bryce Young just goes and makes it look easy. Yep. You can't tell me that any quarterback at Alabama could go and do that. No, and do we? Who who is their quarterback? Oh, oh, I know the name. Oh shoot, I was looking at it today. Freshman, Jalen, Jalen Morrow. Richard sophomore. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, they're I don't know, man. It's it's still Bama. Like they're they're gonna be good. Maybe it's some Aggie bias. It is coming in, but I just and I am not even saying AM is gonna be the challenger, even though Zach Calzada whooped him. Not whooped him, but <laughs> Zach Calzada. Yeah, like it only came years. down to like the third overtime. <laughs> Besides the big three, probably Bama, LSU, and Georgia, Austin, do you have like any other sleepers out there in the SEC? So don't hate me. 
This is oh, no. your don't say AM. <laughs> If you yeah. say a and we're moving on to the next Hear conference. <laughs> it's South Carolina. I'm, I'm saying that. No, I think South Carolina is overhyped. Um, if the only other team, so like the Mississippi schools are not going to be formidable. What about year. Tennessee? No. Eh. Eh. I mean, uh, ranked what's 12? his name? He throws a great ball, but no, what's his other name? than that? I have it right here. Hold on. Isn't it? Is it? No, it's not Joe Mixon. What? Hendon Hook. Joe Mixon. No, he got, he's on the Lions now. <laughs> Joe Milton. Is it Hendon? Uh, Joe Milton. Joe. Joe Milton went three, Joe. went three and one as a starter last year. We're a sports podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, they lost Jalen Hyatt, but they got this guy named Brew McCoy. Um, so I think the worst thing. So you look at Tennessee, their defense was lacking last year, especially, you know, they gave up a lot of big plays. They're like the Baylor of the SEC, like the Art Browse Baylor. Yeah, I mean, like they, yeah, high fly at of offense, subpar defense. Yeah, I think the reason that I have a And M potentially not like I'm not saying. I mean, this is like a you said sleeper pick. So obviously, there's the potential for like I don't think they're. I think they're like a seven to five, eight and fourteen. Realistically, that's what I'm putting them at. Okay, but what's their over under seven and a half? Uh, don't know. Actually, I haven't looked. So here's so say what you want about Petrino, but if the marriage, if you look at Petrino like with Mallet at Arkansas, and his offenses have been stellar, and Wegman is an athletic young quarterback who can get the ball out fast and get the ball out accurate. You've got Anaya Smith coming back. I think that AM could have one of the best wide receiver trios in the SEC because you've got Anaya Smith just pure athlete coming back, Evan Stewart coming back in year two, and then you've got Moose Muhammad for deep threats. I mean, those three guys and games where, well, Anaya Smith was hurt. Those two guys with Wegman at quarterback eight last year, including an upset over LSU. The offensive line is not going to be as bad as it was last year because it's older. Yeah, And they're loaded. Because it's older. They're older. But like, <laughs> so they're loaded with four and five star quarterbacks. And so the, the the defense is, I think, I don't think the offense is going to be the problem. That's what I'm saying. I think the defense, you know, we couldn't get to the quarterback last year and that killed us. And so if just A&M can figure out a way to move the ball more than they did last year, and I think they will, I think they are a sleeper just because, I mean, it's going to be one of those, if the defense can just be average, I think they're going to keep, games close just because of the pure athleticism that they have on the offensive side of the ball. So I think ceiling is probably nine wins, but you know, and I sent that article to you about here's why Connor Wegman could, I did not, read for the, I did not either. Full, full I, mean, I, I did not, I did not, <laughs> I, I read it, but I, no, I don't put any stock. Yeah. He's not going to win the Heisman, but they are the kind of team that could give other teams problems because I think last year they were too young. They were inexperienced. Jimbo's a terrible play caller. Petrino coming in. There's no denying his genius. So, is Jimbo still calling plays? Or he pass I think, that on? I think, I think Petrino was calling plays in, plays in practice, but I wasn't sure. Um, but I, I know they're using a lot of Petrino. All right, schemes. all right. Wrap up the A and M talk. This is it's getting out of hand. Nine and three. Nine and three. Okay. 
Let's go to the let's go to the Pac-12. I think R.I.P. In the spirit of us talking about the Pac-12, we should just play some some music. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we've gathered here today to mourn the 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 loss, (laughs) a terrible loss. I'm I'm honest. Like, let's take the time now to talk about it. I hate the conference realignment crap. It's ruining yeah. it's ruining the sport. The Pac-12 like, did this to themselves. Like they did, but Pac-12 fans did not do this to themselves and they're the ones who are going to pay for it. Yeah. Like whenever we started off this podcast and I asked Austin, I asked both of you, I started with Austin about, you know, how excited you are. And he was going on and on about, you know, college football. It has all these traditions and just like the highs and the lows. And, you know, everyone gets so excited for every game. And like part of me couldn't help but just like get bummed out listening to that because a lot of that's going away. Like the tradition of of these rivalries of like Baylor is not going to play OU probably ever again outside of like maybe a special occasion every now and then. Like all these rivalries are not going to happen. Oregon's not going to play Oregon state. Washington's not going to play Washington state. Like yeah. you're not going to have USC versus Stanford. Like OU to- versus Oklahoma state. Sorry. That's not Pac 12, but still OU versus Oklahoma state. It's, it's still a part of this, this mess. And I know it's, it's all about money, but I thought the pandemic showed us that money's not everything. <laughs> Preach Andrew. Come on. There are other things in life, like Mm. spending time with family, doing things that make you happy, and Mm. just thinking about the bigger picture in life. And I'm sorry, but like an Oregon versus USC game on a Saturday afternoon, it's not going to... at nine o'clock. Yeah. To cap the whole weekend. It's not going to... It's not just going to automatically make these fans who don't care about college football care about it. Like the intrigue of college football is you have all these people that went to these colleges or their parents went to these colleges or their grandparents went to these colleges and you have this regional appeal and that's all going away. And it is entrenched in the fabric of the community that these schools are in. They're trying to make college football, the NFL, when we already have the NFL. And it bums me out because now not just college football is getting affected, college basketball is getting affected, college baseball is getting affected. Come on. You're gonna have you're gonna have these swimmers on USC who are gonna be having to take a a, a coach flight all the way to Rutgers yeah, that's when they have a physics paper due in two days. Because outside of football players, most of these student athletes still go to class. Mm-hmm. And we're doing this so that the the presidents of these universities, the million strength and conditioning coaches for all these football programs can eat at a nicer steakhouse on a Saturday night. Hey. And that bums me out. Don't don't bring the strength and conditioning coaches into this. Those guys are the backbones, but continue. Which ones? The first 30 or the next 60? I don't, I don't know, man. It just I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I went on a rant there and I'm emotional. It feels oh. like college football is like, it's just, it's going to become less, less interesting for so many people. And that bums me out. Hey, A&M gets to play UT again. That's the only silver lining for me. 
It's the only one. Lone Star Showdown is back, baby. And if they, but if, I'll tell you what, for me, I'm gonna watch. I'll tell you what, if they don't make that UT A and M game on Thanksgiving again. Oh, they better. I it's, lived it's, for the one in every five times that we beat them while I was alive. <laughs> I lived for those. Ugh. So, anyways, the Pac 12. Um Yeah, it's like so it's USC and then who? Like who realistically Utah. I think Washington's better than Utah. That too, yeah. Panics Jr. Mm-hmm. The only question with Washington is they uh, pretty much reloaded on their offensive line. Right. And I'll tell you what, though. I think I think USC is going to be a disappointment. Me and too. the reason why Elaborate. is I think, I think there are all these conferences, all these programs that in their mind, they blame two teams for the death of the Pac-12. It's USC and UCLA. It is. So if you want to give these guys some extra motivation to get up on a Saturday to go play Caleb Williams, spoil his, you know, repeat Heisman campaign. Oh, and by the way, he's killing your conference. Like you're a kid who grew up in Northern Washington and went to Washington because your parents went to Washington. And oh, now your whole college, you know, plan is all thrown, you know, thrown, you know, out of whack. I think I think USC probably loses, let's say three games this year. Old Washington, Utah. There's Notre gonna Dame. there's gonna be a They're team that surprises Notre Dame. you. What Notre Dame has a real quarterback. Watch out! They're gonna lose to Notre Dame. That I would... think they're gonna be the disappointment. So who do you, I mean? So who do you think wins the Pac-12? I am... probably Utah. Utah or Oregon. Guys, I, I just don't see I think if it's not USC, I think it's Washington. Maybe. I think I don't think it'll be USC though. You look at Penix, you look at, you know, Braylon Tice rushing the quarterback, led the country in quarterback pressures last year, coming off beating Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, I wouldn't hate they that. They sling the ball a ton and they actually kind of have they've got the run defense to back it up. Their their weakness is going to be in the passing game, so Caleb Williams could light them up potentially. But you know they're yeah, he's going to light up anybody he plays. It's just they have no defense to stop anybody. So. And so, yeah, I think that it's it's Washington next. I mean Utah, yeah. I mean what they Cam Cam Rising's back, right? Yeah, the offense. I think how many they returned. Mostly everybody, yeah, not like their tight their, ends. Their tight ends are I gone. think they returned like eight starters, is something that I read when pre- previewing the pod or prepping for the pod. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Utah obviously, and they were their defense was stellar last year. Um, but it's also Bo Nix's last season. I he feel like Bo Nix has been college in college longer than Stetson Bennett. I mean, it's his sixth year, so yeah, pretty close. It's insane. Yeah, I remember him at but, Auburn. I mean, last year he was good until he got banged up. So I mean, it's his last hurrah, and that's always a factor for these long tendered college football quarterbacks. And Oregon's got always got good recruits and good players around them. They have a great NLI system. Ooh, I didn't say that. Nil. Right. Yeah, there. Yeah, we yeah. Go. I, I know what you meant. Um, but um, yeah. Who's coach over there again? 
Crime. in Oregon. Uh, it's the dude from Georgia. Uh, the old oh yeah, the new the old coordinator. I can't remember his name. Um, all right, let's do the final conference. Then we'll take an ad break, and then we'll finish up the podcast. ACC, we can make this quick. Does anyone care about the conference? No. It's I think it's. I mean, so Florida State. I guess Clemson, Florida State. Oh. That's it. I think the only intrigue is waiting to see what conference they join as the next moves in conference realignment. So, yeah, Drake May, he's a good guy to watch, but that's true. North Carolina has no defense, so I don't think they're going to be great. Yeah. All right. We got a few other things planned for our college football megapod. But before we get into that, got to tell you about our good friends over at Liquid IV and fully transparent right now. I had some Liquid IV this morning. I did too. I had a headache last night. Carried its way all through the night, had a hard time sleeping, woke up still with a headache. He had a headache. And I was like, I did. I wasn't, no, I didn't drink last night. <laughs> and, but I had a headache and I was like, you know what? Liquid IV usually helps. I need, I'm probably not hydrated enough. So I had a liquid IV, drank it on my way to work. By the time I got out of my car at work, headache was completely gone. So, and, not just me. I was talking to my to my wife the other day, and she said that she has been drinking the liquid IV whenever she has a headache because she finds that it goes away pretty much instantly. So if you have headaches from time to time, it's probably because you're not hydrated. And the best way to get hydrated is with liquid IV. Hydrates you twice as fast as water alone, has three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. And guess what? You can go try liquid IV today and get 20% off. When you go to liquidiv.com and use code MTC at checkout, that's 20% off anything and everything you order. It could be the acai berry. It could be the fruit punch. It could be the sugar-free white peach, the sugar-free lemon lime. The kids stuff. It could be the the new kids lines that they just launched. If you have kids, they have a jumbo pack now to where you can get the regular adult and the kids all in one order. Yeah. Austin's eyes just got super wide. He's going to go check that out. Oh yeah. Go try liquid yeah, IV. Baby. Go try liquid IV. Use code MTC at checkout. 20% off at liquidiv.com. All right. We got a few more things we want to hit on. Preseason AP poll. We talked about a lot of these teams already. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Any other notes that you have on on the top 25 that came out? Any team that's too high or too low? Uh I for one was a little sad. Baylor wasn't in the top 25, but it's okay. We 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 perform better when people are doubting us, you know. So I don't know. What did y'all have on the top 25 that came out? Yeah, I think I'm just not, I'm not buying the ACC hype. Yeah. Florida state is pretty high up there for some reason. I mean, they have a good quarterback, but it's, they got to prove it, man. They're sort of like Texas. Clemson's got problems. Yeah. I mean, Florida state eight Clemson nine. That's a, I mean, that's a little surprising. two ACC teams in the top twenty-five. I don't know. I'd I think, I think. I mean, I'd I'd move Washington, and honestly, I'd put, you know, either Texas or Tennessee up there above them too. Probably Alex is high on Notre Dame. I am. Can you t- tell us why? Because I mean, did you? So did you watch any of that I game? I watched last the week? first three touchdowns, and then I. I think Sam Hartman is pretty much. Uh, oh crap! Brain fart. Who was the quarterback from Georgia last year? Stetson. Stetson Bennett. I don't know why that left my brain, but um, 
Sam Hartman, he's pretty good. He's another six-year starter guy, perfect pocket passer type, which Notre Dame's really not had in a while. Like they've had sort of the plug-and-play quarterback, like hand it off and stuff like that. But they also have a great running back, so he's sort of protected there. But Sam Hartman, he's a ACC darling from uh, Wake Forest, one of the better quarterbacks come out of that conference, transferring for his last year, his COVID year. He's going to throw it like 40, 50 times. He's not going to make many mistakes for you. Like, I think he's honestly not just going to be a great quarterback for them, but maybe a sneaky Heisman candidate. Sneaky. If Notre Dame wins like 11 games, 10 and 2, something like that, he will be a finalist because I think he's going to be the reason why. I do. As much as I hate Notre Dame, I really do like Marcus Freeman. Yeah, they went 9 and 4 last year. You know, Coming out of Ohio State, and then they, you know they had the brutal game start the year last year. I don't know. I yeah. just I just like the way he speaks, like the way he runs his program. So, yeah, and they have the schedule to be in the uh, conversation the whole time. They play Ohio State, USC. Um, I'm forgetting one more, but they have some pretty marquee games coming up relatively soon because the USC games like week. You mean four, to tell me that Navy isn't marquee? No, they that, got they play was, Clemson on November fourth. That's the other one. I mean, Navy doesn't understand how to throw a forward pass, so that was just <laughs> a cake, a, pretty much a preseason game for them. Yeah. And week they zero, maybe. Yeah, Clemson's the they other. Messed one. around with their food. Yeah, Clemson. There it is. Yeah, I was All a right, little. Anthony, I was a little surprised. Oh yeah, I was a little surprised to see the Aggies in the top twenty-five after just the piss poor performance last year. They're like twenty-four, They're twenty-three. Right? Which I think okay. is appropriate. Yeah, just you know, throw in an SEC team at the end. It's the preseason poll. Yeah, I mean, you got Ole Miss twenty two, twenty three, Oklahoma at twenty. How are you feeling about that, Alex? Pretty much the same thing. It's like we probably don't deserve to be in the top twenty five, but we have recruit all the high recruits and stuff like that. Like maybe there's going to be a bounce back. Who else are you going to? It's like it's the preseason poll. Right. Don't read much into any of the last. Like outside of the top five, I really don't read into much of that. So, right what teams? This is an intriguing question. So, what teams outside of the top ten do y'all think crack the top ten by the end of the year? Ooh, good question. I think I got Texas Ooh. in the top ten. I mm. go Notre Dame, I guess. Um, Utah. Utah. Yeah. And Oregon Kansas State. Stuff, Oregon of stuff works out for them. You guys want to build a top ten real quick? Like the final top yeah, ten. Let's build our final top ten, just for fun. Oh, oh! I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Let's, we, let's just do our let's just do our draft. You know, that'll kind of give us like the top twelve at least. That will. You this know? is true. This is true. Let's do that. All right, let's do our. We're gonna draft our four college football playoff teams. Uh, so we'll do twelve teams total, and we'll go with. How many how many games did OU win last year? Six. Okay. How many games did uh, A and M win last year? Five. <laughs> okay. And Baylor won six. Baylor won six. I okay. So third. Austin. <laughs> Austin goes first. Oh wait, I go first. Yes, this is true. Alex goes second because he lost the OU bet, and I'll go last. Okay. Okay. Um. All right, so are you are you keeping track of this? Yeah. Okay. 
you want to share your screen just so I don't. Uh, oh, oh I, I okay. Don't goof this. Whoa. Yeah. Hold on. For our YouTube listeners. Oh, yes. We'll go. Four rounds, go. right? Yep. Yep. Four rounds, baby. All right. Snake, right? That's the way we do drafts. Snake, baby. I'm a snake. I'm a little snake. All right. You know, I was high on him the whole pod. I'm taking Michigan number one. This this is the year. This is J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, that defense, everyone coming back. Ohio State three-peat Big Ten championship. This is it. And so I'm taking Michigan with the shocking first overall pick. Pretty shocking, yes. So this makes my pick pretty easy. Give me the dogs. We're reloading, and we're just – I mean, it's Georgia. They might not make it back to the national championship game, but they're going to walk into the college football playoff this year like they've done the last three years pretty much. All right, so we got Michigan and then Georgia. Oh, yeah, important distinction. Um, We're just drafting playoff teams. Did we distinct that? Yeah, playoff teams. Yeah. Well, this makes my job pretty easy. I get the turn, and I'll go with Alabama because everyone is too far down on them, and it's the uh, the Godfather quote. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. So I'm going Alabama. I've never seen the Godfather. What? Highly recommend it. I I think it's just like I don't know. I never. It is a long. You know, like the only really mobster movie. movie I've seen is The Untouchables. Like I don't think I ever really had like a mobster stage. You haven't even seen Goodfellas either. No. Oh man, I know. Yeah. Like um, you gotta you gotta watch The Godfather. You gotta watch. You I'm, know, make Godfather a, I'm gonna make him an author. Camera feels. You need to watch the third Godfather. And then watch Goodfellas, and then start The Sopranos. Okay. And then you'll just be speaking Italian, pretty much. It's All me, right, so Austin. I'll go Alabama, and then I'll also go Texas. Ooh, whoa, whoa! Go with value, man. I mean, someone from the Big Twelve. I think there's a chance he believes in Michigan. Then, if he picks Texas, okay, you went Texas. I'll go with the Huskies. Why not? Michael Penix Jr., last season in college football, led college football last year in passing. So let's just repeat that. Keep it rolling with the Huskies. Oh, okay. my gosh. Okay. I think that LSU could go undefeated in the, in, in the regular season and then, like, lose to Georgia and, like, the championship game is still getting So I'm going to take the Tigers at six. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. All right. So now you're at the turn. And uh, all right. Yeah. Give me, give me the Buckeyes. Just, just because Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to be in the Heisman conversation, in my opinion. So back to you, Alex. Sort of tough. Uh, Just give me Alabama. I don't like. I already took him. I already took him. Took him three. Oh man! I took Alabama and Texas. Brain fart. Okay, give me Notre Dame. 
Why not? Everything works out for them. Sam Hartman, magical season, makes it as a Heisman finalist. Maybe he wins it. Maybe he doesn't. But give me Notre Dame. Wow. Okay. So I'll make my final two picks. And I don't like picking this, but I feel like it's just based on the value on the board. I got to go with USC. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I, I don't like it, but I feel like I need to. And then final team to make the playoffs of the teams that are still left. It's not going to be an ACC team. So, eh, give me Penn State. Dang it. Yeah, we'll go Penn State. The defense. All right, back to you, Alex, your final pick. All right, straight homer pick. out Oklahoma. We go 11-1, win the Big 12 championship at 12-1. Get in there at number four. Give it to me. Austin's going to say Aggies. No. As badly as I want to, I already got crucified for saying a and was a sleeper once. So give me... Give me Kansas State. On the off chance that I like it, yeah. Give me K State on the. I you know there's a, there's a path for a Big Twelve championship there. So we should have like a point system, like to track this. So like if our first pick makes the playoffs, it's like one point, and then two points for the second round, and so on and so forth. Lowest point wins. Because like if one of us picked a playoff team with like our fourth pick, that should be worth more than like you know four four points. Georgia or Michigan or Alabama. You know what I mean. All right. Yeah. You yeah. want to do that? Winner gets a steak dinner. Sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Winner gets three beer bats. Three beer bats. Whoa. That's driving home. Emma picked one up today. Right. She was like, what's this? I was like, it's a bat. <laughs> Sweetie. That's a bat. All right. A few more things to wrap up this podcast. Uh, Heisman pick. Who do y'all have? Caleb Williams. Yeah. Caleb Williams. I mean. What are the, let me go to the odds. Caleb Williams, a favorite at plus 550. Uh, Quinn Ewers at plus 800. Carson Beck at plus 900. Jaden Daniels plus 900. Kate Klubnik at plus 1100. And Jordan Travis at plus 1200. Marvin Harrison at plus 1800 is. It's enticing. That's good value. It's good value. What's Sam Hartman at? Plus like 2500? Sam Hartman plus 2200. Okay. What you can do, so Bovada has uh, like double chance odds. So you could bet like Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels for plus 280. Okay. You do like Caleb Williams or Quinn Ewers at plus 310. So there's some, there's some interesting bets there. Like if you think it's Caleb Williams, but if you also want to sprinkle for like someone else, like you do Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison Jr. at plus 400. Can you combine anybody or is it prefixed? They've got a and bunch then, of different ones. I mean, yeah, there's like hundreds. Don't hate me, but Connor Wegman at plus twenty two hundred. He's only plus twenty two hundred. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's a freak at quarterback. Dual threat. Yeah. All right, final thing. Okay. He's a freak. Final thing. Who do we have? Uh, who do we have winning at all? Oh shoot! Uh, this is. I've said it the whole pod. This is Michigan. This year, uh, I think I'm just gonna ride with Austin, just because out of the top four here and just the 
probably top six contenders we got. I want it to be Michigan out of everybody. So go blue. Go blue, baby. Um, Here comes his Georgia pick. Or is it Alabama? Roll Tide. Mm. Only oh, one, two to one. I think it's Alabama. I think everyone's down on them. And they're just going to like quietly go 11 and one and then win it all. That one loss is to Texas A&M and Connor Wegman. <laughs> now it's to Texas in week two. Oh, man. But it'll be it'll be so so long ago by the time we get to the playoffs. It's like you know that loss really wasn't that bad, and it's it's not going. Could you imagine the, the narrative if Bama is one and one after week two? They're like oh my. one of the one of those teams will be right. Well, it's know? just like but like oh, is the saving magic over? Like I feel like yeah. the national media picks it up at that point. Yeah, and rightfully so. So that's my pick. So two picks for Michigan, one pick for Bama. And y'all got anything else? College football? It's back, baby. Ready to go. Rangers are riding a two-game win streak. Yeah, they are. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's make some money for the folks. I have a four-team parlay. Hey, how did it go last week? I went three for four. UTEP sort of... I mean, they were playing... So they were playing Jacksonville State or whatever, and it was their first ever FBS game. They were favored by a ridiculous amount, though. They were favored by one point. Oh, I thought there was way more than that. I was thinking... (laughs) No, no, no. It was pretty much a toss-up, and I was just assuming, like, I don't know, UTEP, they've had decent teams as of late. I think they made a bowl game a year or two ago. And Jackson State, their first ever FBS game, like, maybe they're just going to overthink it or something like that. But they ended up losing by three, so... That was my only pick that lost. Notre Dame game went under. I uh, can't remember the other two, but they won. So three and four. Decent start. But uh, are you ready for my week one parlay here? Yes. 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 So week one is sort of a crapshoot. You got a lot of huge spreads, and you really don't have much on or like much of a feel for any of these teams, obviously. But so I went with sort of the closer games. We got South Carolina against North Carolina. That's fun. And I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler in South Carolina because, yeah, they probably have the better quarterback over there at North Carolina. Not by that much, but Drake May, he's top 10, 15 draft. He's all money line. Yeah, all money line. But um, I think South Carolina has the better defense. I mean, they beat Clemson last year, too, so they're sort of riding high off of that, and they won their bowl game. Last year for Spencer Radler, and really a put up or shut up year for Spencer Radler. So I think they're going to come out strong here, start the year great, beat an in state rival. And we got Houston against the University uh, of Texas at San, San Antonio, UTSA, yeah. Which they're at home and surprisingly a slight underdog at plus 105, which I thought was a little weird because oh, they're plus they right have now? a coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. by five. ESPN stats. has favored. Oh wait, that's money. Oh, sorry, you're talking money line. I'm still yeah, young I'm talking... to this whole thing. But ESPN has them favored by like what a point? Point and a half. Just because it's interesting. Probably. Yeah, but anyways, I I mean, it's at home. They have the better coach. They have the better roster overall. They got a lot of transfers. Like they have Tech's quarterback from last year, not the one who started late in the season. I can't remember. I think it's Donovan Wilson. They also got a West Virginia running back transfer in there. So I think overall, they just have the better roster. 
it's at home. They have the better coach and Dana Holgerson. He's been there plenty of times. His the Big Twelve was no stranger to him. And finally, we're going with uh, the next game: California at North Texas. They are definitely a favorite, but I'm taking California at minus two eighty, which mm. that's not crazy, but it's not like insane where it's going to lose your value there. And then finally, the final game. Tulane against South Alabama, ranked number 24 Tulane, probably one of the better group five teams. That Tulane OU game last year was fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that was two years ago. Was it? I thought it was last year. Yeah, that was, that was Lincoln Riley's last game, or last year. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Tulane beat USC in the Cotton Bowl, so that maybe that's why. Maybe that's Tulane okay. is a fun team. They they have great overall, like, they're quote, I can't remember the coach's name, but he's a baller. Anyways, Tulane at or South Alabama at Tulane, number twenty-four. They're only a minus two forty-five favorite, so it's just a nice little cherry on top. And that overall parlay is seven plus seven forty-two, plus seven, which is not bad for week one. Nice. And how many legs is that? Is that three legs? Four. Four. Okay. So, or you could bet all four straight up and win three out of four. If it's like last yeah, week. depends on how you want to do it. Depends on how you want to do it. Yeah. So, all right, those are those are Alex's picks for week one. And if you like this college football discussion, tune in next week because we'll have an announcement about some uh, additional college football coverage here at Making the Call throughout the college football season. So on that thing we forgot about. Let's just say, let's just <laughs> say you won't want to miss next week's episode. There'll be yes. some news for us to discuss and announce. I don't know what so, he's talking about, Alex. What do you know? That's going <laughs> to that's gonna do it for all of us here at Making the Call. Thank you, of course, to Austin and Alex for helping me this week preview college football. And the dad joke this week. Have I told you about my friend who just always tells me how much they hate living in Central America? No. They say that they're they're just in a constant state of Missouri. (laughs) Yeah. Austin 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 hasn't gotten it yet. Central America? Oh, he's thinking... Central USA. Oh, constant state of Missouri. United States. You said Central America. United States of America. Come on, No, you said Central America. (laughs) Yeah, he's thinking like... Ecuador, Paraguay. Yeah, I was like, Missouri is the U.S. All right, I'll give you another one. My grief counselor died. He's so good, I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you go try Liquid IV. Use code MTC for 20% off. Subscribe to the Substack. We'll have some, some new things to roll out on that coming soon. Uh, I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of your week. We will see you next time.